Well, good morning and greetings from the Wesley Foundation at Georgia Southern. Um, a few weeks back, I would have told you that, that we meet just next door on Wednesday nights at 8, but that's no longer true because now we meet in the Fellowship Hall on Wednesday nights at 8 here at Pittman Park. Because we've outgrown our present facilities and need room to grow. You should be proud of that because um, you're giving your tithes, your offerings um, go to help support our ministry of reaching a campus of 20,459 students, um, many of whom are searching for God's will and God's purpose for their life. So thank you for the ways you're already supporting our ministry. Um, And I pray that you would pray for us um, as as our students head into exam week um, this week. So it's a big time uh, for many of them as as some uh, their grades will affect whether or not they get to walk across the stage with a diploma um, <laughs> come Saturday. So if you would please be in prayer um, for our campus and for our students and for our ministry at the Wesley Foundation. Let's take a moment and go to God in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for the, the many ways that you've poured out your blessing upon our hearts and upon our lives. And we thank you for this community of faith, for the ways that it strengthens us and help, it helps us um, to walk this road um, called faith, this journey um, that you have us on, Lord. We pray that your presence and spirit would be with us and that our hearts and minds might be transformed by the power of your word. This we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. I don't know about you, but it feels like our whole world is waiting. You ever get that sense that everybody's sort of waiting on on something? Um, Everybody really is waiting on something. Some of us are waiting for our new president to take office. um, And some of us are waiting on our next president to take office. Um, (laughs) So be an equal opportunity offender. Um, (laughs) You can write the pastor about that later. Others of us, we're waiting on a promotion, right? We're waiting for that, for that next uh, raise that we might get, that, that next title that we have um, to receive on our way up the corporate ladder or, the business, or in the business world. Others of us, uh, we're waiting for a diagnosis. Uh, we're waiting in fear of what, what might be happening inside of us. We're waiting for a word about a friend who's sick or about a child who's overseas serving in the military, or maybe we're waiting for the birth of a child. You can go on and on, but the truth is that everybody's waiting on something, right, choir? Everybody's waiting on something. Sometimes, sometimes you're just waiting for the sermon to get over, right? So you can move on to lunch at RJ's. Well, just yesterday, <laughs> that's too honest, isn't it? <laughs> the choir's now nodding their head behind me. Um, <laughs> Well, just yesterday I was waiting, as you heard in the children's sermon, I was waiting at the Magic Kingdom um, because we decided to make a quick trip down to Orlando with our girls and enjoy um, a day with my family um, at, there at the Magic Kingdom. And, and as we were there, um, I don't think a, a trip to Disney is complete without a ride on uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Um, I want to ride. That. That's like my ride. It's a childhood memory I have. I want to go and ride that ride every time we go. And so we didn't have a fast pass for the ride, so we didn't get to cut everybody and go to the front. We had to wait, right? And, and so we waited. And we waited. And we waited. And we waited. And the interesting thing about the Pirates of the Caribbean is that whenever you get in line there, you're walking inside of a castle, so you can never tell how close or how far away you are from getting to get on the ride. You could stand in line for 15 minutes, or you could stand in line for an hour and 15 minutes. You just never know because of how the ride is set up. 
And so I, I decided to be productive with my, with my time there uh, at the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And, and I started watching people who were waiting in line. My favorite comment of the day was, why do we even have fast passes? Um, <laughs> we have to wait in a line that's shorter than the longer line. You know, I'm hearing this lady complain next to me about it. Um, she didn't like waiting at all. And there were several other people who were around us that didn't really appreciate waiting to get on the ride. And so one of the first things that they started to do as, as they were in line was they started to do this. You ever see this happen in the line? Right? The, the line could be a mile and a half long and they're like, if I just get another inch, I can see how far it's going. So they start doing this to see if, if it's far enough. And then they start fidgeting. And then after a while, they're, they're looking at their watch and their kids have stopped playing on their, their smartphone, the heads up game. Um, they've stopped doing that. And so now everybody's sort of getting frustrated and everybody's on edge. And, and, and they just want it to be over. They want the waiting to be over because they know that if, if, if the waiting's over, that means they're getting on the ride and they're getting what they want. You've seen this happen before, haven't you? Right? Maybe you haven't at Disney World, but maybe you did at Walmart this past weekend. Because there at Walmart, you've experienced this, right? There at Walmart, there are 32 checkouts and there are only two that are available. So everyone has to stand in line and wait. Or maybe you don't go to Walmart and that's not your thing. But maybe you've been at the doctor's office where you go and you sit down and there's those same Sports Illustrated or Field and Streams from, from 1996 that have always been there that you've all read. And you're just sitting there and you're waiting. You're waiting for that nurse um, to pop her head out and, and call your name so you can go go and get it over with, right? You've experienced waiting. Waiting is frustrating, isn't it? I mean, nobody wants to just wait. Neither do the, the folks that we heard our scripture directed to. See, the book of Isaiah is written to a people who are in exile. They're written to a people who've been taken away from their homeland. They've lived in waiting for 70 years in a foreign place. And what they want more than anything else is to see God do something. And so God does something. He speaks, he speaks this word of prophecy through the prophet of Isaiah. And he says to these people who've been languishing in this foreign land, just waiting and waiting and waiting, a few frustrated, a few angry, a few anxious about the future, I'm sure just like we are. He speaks to them and he says, listen, God is not sitting back and waiting, but God is active right now. And even as you wait, even in your pain, even in your suffering, even in the hopelessness of this situation, God is working to raise up a ruler like none other. A shoot from the rod of Jesse, excuse me, a shoot from the stump of Jesse. And what God is saying is that out of the decimation and the devastation of the exile, out of the destruction of the entire Davidic dynasty, there will come a ruler, unlike any ruler, a ruler who ushers in a new reality that's no longer dominated by frustration, anger, anxiety, and fear that comes along with waiting, but instead a future that's characterized by peace. If you look back at the text in Isaiah chapter 11, this king, his righteous reign, it totally reorders creation. 
The wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the kid and the calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze and their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. That's a vision of a reordered creation. A creation where the traditional rules no longer apply. Where peace And not war or anger or frustration or anxiety has the final say on the outcomes of our lives. This vision of a reordered creation is remarkable because we're truly free when we're at peace. Maybe you need to hear this vision another way. This ruler is ushering in a world where all the checkout lanes are open at Walmart and where there are no lines to get onto the Pirates of the Caribbean and where the doctor is always ready to see you and there's no line at the tag office. And maybe those aren't the same thing. I'm certain they're not. But you get the point, don't you? The kingdom that the shoot of Jesse, Jesus, is ushering in is fundamentally different than the world in which we live today. The kingdom that he is bringing on earth as it is in heaven is dominated not by power or the powerful, but it's dominated and ushered in by peace. This new reality is a peaceable kingdom. And the ruler, as I've said, his name is Jesus. And maybe you missed that, so I'm going to say it again. The ruler's name is Jesus. And again, he's not like any other ruler that you've ever met. Because the ruler's of this world will tell you what you should be afraid of and what you should worry about and who you should fear. But Jesus has a different message altogether. A message that all of us need to hear. And this is what he says to us in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says this, he says, My peace I leave with you. My peace, not just... Some ordinary peace, but peace that transcends understanding. This is the kind of peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The long-awaited ruler of Isaiah 11, his heart's desire is that we might know peace in the midst of our anxiety, in our fear, in our frustration. His desire is that we would be rescued from our waiting and that we would experience the fullness of his kingdom even now because that kingdom is open and available to you today. This table that we're going to come and eat at in just a second is a reminder that God's kingdom is coming on earth, that the ruler has come and will come again to reestablish hope and life and a future. None of us like to wait. But God calls us to wait with expectation and hope for a kingdom and a ruler that is coming. If you will this morning, join me on page 12 of your United Methodist Hymnal as we turn toward a time of Holy Communion.